Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Geico Mobile, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. This week's sponsor is your local Geico of Mobile. Hey y'all, did y'all know Geico offered water service? That's right, it'll cover breakdowns, gas problems, all kind of stuff like that that we may run into on the water. Hey, and you can even bundle it with your existing boat insurance to save more. Call Ron Davis of Geico Mobile and get you a quote, 251-445-0053. That's Ron Davis at 251-445-0053 or visit him online at geico.com forward slash mobile dash AL. I'm your host, Brian Sin, joined by co-host Stephen Wisdom. Stephen, what's going on, buddy? Man, living it up. Living it up, living it up. Now, I don't know about all this rain, mm. but I don't know where you guys live in the world of where you're listening from. But here in the greater Birmingham area, it has rained every day. Every like day. two weeks. Every day. Clockwork. And I, look, I like rain. Rain creates current. Current's good for fishing. Makes the crops grow. I like rain. Makes the grass grow. Makes the grass grow but really then, but fast. But then you, ain't got, you can't mow it because the yard's too wet. But yeah, yeah, I see my yard right now. But it's getting a little bit on the annoying side at this point. You know, right. kind of like, you know, you reach the point where Corona was just annoying. The rain is getting there very quickly. Very, very quickly. quickly. Yeah. yeah and, and don't get me wrong. I have been thankful for it this last several days because my AC is on a glitch. A little cloud cover. Has, has helped us survive. This is true. The heat that uh, otherwise would have, have probably been the end of us. So The other problem this rain has created, as you guys may have seen around Alabama, is the flies are unbelievable around here right now. Just with It's like an incubator, warm, moist air, and I'm pretty annoyed. I, so, I, Brian, I guess I'm just annoyed today. Hopefully... Hopefully I can hear some 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 fishing reports and you know get my get my juice going on fishing and I overlook the level of annoyance I'm currently feeling. But I can sense that you're not you're having a moment right yeah. here on the show. Yeah, you may have a breakdown. So, uh, but other than that, I'm doing great, man. Life's good, business good. Coming off of the Fourth of July weekend, spent the weekend in Pigeon Forge. Uh, fishing for trout in some streams. Look, without a shadow of a doubt, if you ever want to go to an amusement park, like a water park, right. like me and my family did, the absolute best time to go is during a pandemic because ain't nobody there. Ain't no line. It's as clean as it's ever been, and ain't no line. I didn't stand in line. That's first, beautiful. First time in my life I went to a water park, amusement park, I didn't stand in line all day. I mean, we we just slid and slid and slid. I mean, it was didn't have to get in line. Just go right back on and get Who on did? and go down and slide again. Didn't nobody need a fast pass. Let's just put it that way. I mean, <laughs> so awesome. it was a lot of fun for our family. You know, uh, obviously there was a lot of precautions in the park, but man, I had a great weekend in in Pigeon Forge. And did you get to mountains. go to Douglas? Did you see Douglas Lake while you were up there? I did. I've actually fished a couple, couple tournaments on Douglas Lake. One of the serene moments of my fishing career actually was on Douglas Lake because uh, several years ago I was just fishing, oh. had my head down, I was on the south side of it, just fishing, fishing, fishing. And I, and I just look up 
and I look up at the mountains. I hadn't hadn't noticed it. And they're right there. And they're right there. Yeah. It's just a beautiful scene. So, yeah, beautiful. We, uh, we, me, and the, me and my son fished a little bit below the dam there, and we went up and fished a little bit on the dam. And then, but we were, we were pretty intrigued by chasing uh, trout. So we actually would, were wading streams. Fun and, stuff. You know, yeah. we'd, we'd get in, and we'd, we'd walk down a, a mile or so, and then we'd get out, and we'd walk it down the streets of Pigeon Forge with, with our rods to get back That's to our truck. That's what I'm talking about. Because the stream, the, the, the Little Pigeon River, it basically goes right through Pigeon Forge and oh, right, yeah. right through Gatlinburg. And, you know, so we, we, uh, we had a good weekend, man. Good stuff. Good. Man, well, speaking of good places to fish, Let's go straight to segment one here, and let's go up north to Pickwick and Gunnersville with Brad Whitehead. Brad, you on, buddy? Man, I am here. That's what I'm talking about. How you been? I, hot. What do you think? How we been? It's Man. 200 degrees up here sitting in a boat. That's brutal, isn't it? Hey, but it's okay. We have just come off a huge tournament on Gunnersville Lake, the Alabama High School Championship. And I am sitting here with the second place winner, my son Nathan Whitehead. So we man, have been that's on the awesome. Fight. That's great. Well, Nathan, man. man, can are you on where you can hear this thing or you can talk to us? I am, yes, sir. I'm here. Well, man, first of all, congratulations. That's a really big deal, brother. I mean, in any time in any sport or anything when you participate in, when you can say I finished top of the state. Kudos to you, brother. Congratulations. Sound like you had a really awesome weekend. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. It um it was a really good weekend. Absolutely. And uh it's I know I know you've got a good teacher, right? So you've got a guy who's <laughs> who's 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 kept you in the boat from a young age and I don't know, it may be to the point where you may be teaching him now. Well, let me tell you something. Now I've learned with these boys here, his partner is is Ethan Tedder and, and and keep in mind now, these boys are 15 years old. I'm not taking them nothing away, but 15 years old, 287 boats. And I figured out if you make them mad in the boat, it gets them mad at them fish. And uh, let me tell you something. Once they get mad, it's over with. Well, we thought it was over with. They got beat by point one twelve. And, yeah, it, it hurt. It hurt. But we were in these guys' backyard. You know, we give them a good run. I let Nathan kind of break down kind of what they did Thursday, what what they did just to break it down real quick. The North fished on Thursday, the South fished on Friday, and then we all come together on Saturday. And they changed a few rules during the week, which kind of, you can always say is if, if, if. Well, Nathan and them was going into Saturday sitting in 18th place. So I'll kind of let him break down Thursday and Friday and uh let him kind of break it down for y'all if y'all don't mind and kind of get a get his perspective on what happened and um you know saturday was a unique day we were not blessed with weather that whole week it rained every day the wind blew so i'm gonna hand this over to him and kind of break down and and y'all feel free to ask a few questions to um you know to get it rolling and kind of get him in the right direction. So I'm fixing to hand it over to him and let him have it. Awesome. Man, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I definitely want to hear, you know, how you broke it down. But share with me at, at 15, 14, 15, 16 years old, how did you approach before we ever got to the setup, you know, following a contour line, finding a grass bed, you know, you know, fishing clean. I think the biggest challenge for, I mean, I know the biggest challenge for even, 
adult com- competitive fishermen is the crowd. And so these college tournaments and high school tournaments, they're exasperated. It's very popular. There's always lots of boats. And so tell us a little bit more about your, your first of all, your mental approach to dealing with, uh, you know, 287 boats. Like how, how did you put yourself in the right mindset to be able to not spin out because of the crowd? Well, I started off when we dropped in the water, I told my partner, I said, Hey, I said, if somebody's sitting on our spot, we're just going to go fishing. We ain't going to worry about nobody else. But we were running probably a close 45-minute ride down the lake. We blasted off from Goose Pond, and we went all the way down to Browns Creek. So, I mean, it was a 30- to 45-minute run. So, Thursday, we started out. We went to a spot. Some uh, teammates, they had found some schools, and we were kind of the closest boat number two to get to that school so we could be there first. There was two other boats in front of us that was also on our team, but they didn't kind of, we shared waypoints and we coordinated, the team coordinated really, really well. They Unfortunately, they did go past it, which fortunately on the other side, nobody was sitting on it. So we pulled up there, we called both of them. We said, hey, y'all need to come up here. We just caught a keeper. I think they're biting. So both of them come up there and um, we pull up there and, um, uh, started throwing we started out with a shaky head just your normal magnum finesse worm and an old monster what we were fishing it was a big island that come out at the point of the island where the current come around it big old ledge that went that went down the side it come up into like nine foot of water there was some eel grass on top of it and when it dropped down there was an open spot where a shell bed is and after that, it just got too deep to where those fish couldn't stay that deep. So there was an open spot there that everybody was casting at. Mm-hmm. So uh, we started there, and we were throwing, throwing. And my partner, he throws up there, and this is on the first day. I told him, I said, he was about to put down his, his uh, old monster worm. I said, hey, I said, throw it one more time. I said, I know there's one out there. I said, throw it one more time. He said, all right. So he casts out there, and he gets about halfway to the boat. He sets a hook. It's a four and a half pound largemouth. I said, boom. I said, there's two. So it was a three fish limit. So we crank on there for a little while and we, we pounded that spot probably for a good three or four hours. He lost a couple fish. That was okay though. We did capitalize on it at the end, but it was kind of tough there for a minute. I think there was a period where nobody was really getting any bites. Uh, we have a group text that all the dads communicate back and forth. And it just wasn't really, uh, there was no action really happening. So we uh, we just ditched the deep bite and we just went shallow. And we found an island that had a bunch of eelgrass on it coming up. We did this, it was a different, it's a worm and uh, you peg it, you put a, it's, it's on a spinning rod. You use braid and you tie a fluorocarbon leader to it. And then you slide a, a bobber stopper or a peg on there, put an eighth ounce tungsten with a one-aught flipping hook on there and then put a small zoom finesse worm and you drag it basically like a carolina rig through that grass and that peg keeps it from getting hung up in that grass and um we caught a a bunch of our keepers there and um that filled our limit we called two or three times it really boosted our confidence and uh we were having a lot of boats come around getting around us so we called another team over there to fill their limit for the for our overall team to see if we could get the overall team award mm-hmm. we called them over there they end up catching a limit if i'm not mistaken a pretty decent limit enough to get them on up there so we go back deep another dad had said hey 
we're still catching them deep so y'all might want to go hit it as well so we found a ditch or a channel where these two points come together and those fish down the ledge just like you see all these guys that are grassing mm-hmm. found them perfect we're throwing a shaky head on I, i'll be honest i threw a shaky head the most i've ever thrown a shaky head before probably i mean that's really where most of our big bites come off of uh we pulled up there we called a couple more times we ended up with nine and a half pounds so old monster finesse worm on a shaky head that's really keyed in what we had which ended you in 18th place. which ended us in 18th place okay so we're going into so we're going into saturday feeling we're feeling confident Got a new boat captain. Got a new boat captain. Our, our other boat captain, unfortunately, he hurt his neck a little bit from some waves. So we, my dad had the boat captain for us. So <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, it, it was different, different boat captain. Hey, let me tell you, let me, let me, let me uh, interrupt yeah. this. Right uh, quick. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the, of course, the other dad, he's in great physical shape, but we had to take a beating. Now, let me tell you something. We went through two gallons of oil. We got there on Tuesday. We got to practice Tuesday and Wednesday. And what he wasn't telling you is we had found 28 schools of fish. They only fished three of them on Thursday. So that opened up the field for a lot of fishing on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But I told him, I said, boys, y'all know, you watch these videos. These professionals, once they find a school of fish, especially on Gunnersville, now mind you, there's probably, I'm going to say between five and 600 boats on Gunnersville that particular Saturday. God. You don't leave fish. You don't leave fish. Mm-hmm. You you stay there. You grind it out. And I, I'm gonna let him finish the day for Saturday. But I I told him I said once we once we catch three fish, we're gonna stay on a school. We're not leaving. I don't care how mad y'all get. If we can see them, we're gonna set on them. So I'm gonna let him finish the story on Saturday. They were so mad at me they couldn't see straight. But bringing in 15 pounds. The old smile with a seven three large mouth. <laughs> they, I, I become the favorite dad after yeah, that because um, you know well, I'll let him finish this right quick for you guys, and uh, I'll pick it up on the end. So hold Perfect. on just a second. Like he said, we started out on Saturday with a new boat captain. We had a little bit different mindset. Like he said, we were going to sit on a spot. We had to sit on it, grind it out. Uh, we made a big long run that morning and hit the grass again, but we weren't able to really capitalize on the bite there it kind of died off there on saturday uh the weather was different the wind changed they were moving a whole lot more current so we're going up to another spot another shell bed had some had a ledge on it i caught a keeper i told him i said all right we got one in the box let's keep on going so we hit another spot we pull up there and um wait i end up catching like a three pounder on on a shaky head out of it and there was some structure down there, and I think some bait fish were hanging around it, and the bigger fish were kind of moving on it, and which it was on a leg, but it would, um, we were throwing in like 16 foot of water and letting it come down into approximately 23 to 24 foot. And um, we're casting and casting, and we only got two in the box. Well, our uh, coach, he sent, he sent dad a text. He said, y'all better find shelter. He said, there's some bad storms coming. So we get on our, we have radars that we keep on our phone to see how the weather's going. We see it and there's this big old red, orange, and just terrible looking storm coming. And my partner, he goes, let me get one more cast. He throws out there and he's pulling it back. He goes, I think I got him. And he sets the hook and it doesn't budge. And this fish all of a sudden starts coming up and it's a 7'3 largemouth. 
So we're sitting there, and you can see the wall of rain coming, and the wind's starting to pick up. It's starting to get hectic. He's sitting there fighting it at the back of the boat. We finally get it in. We don't even – we just throw it in the live well and book it and get, it, get under a pier. And uh, we sat under it for 30 to 45 minutes. The waves were really bad coming over the back of the boat. We had the bilge pump running. And it just – it kind of got scary there for a minute. But after the storm is really when they bit. We go right back out there to where we – where we caught that one at, we basically stayed there all day like he was talking about, from 10 o'clock all the way to 3.30 to when we had to come in. So we go out there again, and my partner, about the fifth or sixth cast, he throws out there again. He goes, boom. He goes, I got another good one. Comes up, and he's skiing it across the top of the water like it's a two-pounder. We didn't even check it. We knew it was a a three-plus. We throw it in the box. Come find out it was close to five pounds. And uh, we were, we were just, we were clapping, we were cheering. And dad, my dad, he told me, he said, Y'all need one more decent, y'all need to call. There was a little one in there. It was almost three on the dot. He said, uh, He said, Y'all need to call that fish. I said, Okay. I said, Give me 10 minutes. So I'm throwing out there. I hang a good one. It was a de- it was a good bite. I got a good hook in him. Get it to the boat. My dad, he called. The, uh, another dad over there and said hey while we're calling this fish see if y'all can pick up a limit so while they're doing that i weighed the one that we had to call out it was 291 and i ended up calling it with a 325 so it both of the fish really looked similar so we had to we had to make sure we were getting the right amount of weight out of it so we had to get it we had to get back to the boat ramp it was a 30 to 45 minute ride like i said we went way on way down the river and um it was on, like I said, a shaky head, some type of soft plastic worm. That seemed to be the key ticket. And uh, when we got back to weigh-in, I told my partner, I said, uh, we might have 13 pounds. We might be pushing 14. We get onto the stage, and we put – and I see it hit 15. I said, this is the biggest bag I've ever weighed in with three fish. I mean, we were clapping, and all of a sudden, an hour later, we see we got bumped a second, and it really kind of hit hard when we got beat by point one two. <laughs> so yeah, that's tough when you're sitting there for an hour, like <laughs> you know, your guts just you know going crazy, and then boop, <laughs> boop. It it happens. Oh, it happens. Man, well, let, me, let me tell y'all something. Everybody talks about these bass fishermen. I'm not gonna mention this guy's name on air because he might not want it. We were we had a boat come in, sat down about sixty yards from us, and he had a spinning rod in his hand, and obviously he knew what he was doing. He had a live scope. We could tell they were fishing a tournament. This guy caught fourteen fish in front of these kids, and finally I just said, "Hey guy, w- what are you doing? We got to know, you know what 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 is the deal?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Look, you were fishing the same way you are." He said, "You just got to have confidence." Well, make a long story short, we let him come on by us and we come up the ledge and before it was over with he told us he said look there's good fish on there y'all just gotta keep your confidence boys and he give them about a 30 second speech and when that boat left it wasn't 10 minutes that kid caught that seven three and you know he could have come in there and stayed all day and and he didn't and you know i hear these horrible stories and see it of these bass fishermen you know blocking boats and whatnot but let me tell you something that meant so much to me. I made Nathan call him. We found him on Facebook. Mm. I made him call him, tell him thank you for not blocking them, not, you know, getting in their way. And, you know, 
this this guy was fishing for five thousand dollars. I mean, it'd have been real easy to come right by these kids, catch those fish, and keep rolling. But you know what? There's some really good guys out there that really treat these kids right, and and That's kudos awesome. to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, a lot of times fishermen do get a bad rap because there 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 are some fishermen out there who you know just they have some issues and they don't work through them well and and but you're right um you know i i have a lot of great relationships with a lot of the you know elite pros or you know uh bass pro guys and and there's a lot of great out there so i, I agree with you a thousand percent and what an exciting oh, adventure for for you know a 15 year old so where does that put you man are you does that qualify you for the national championship or where where's your next step with with this um this tournament we did qualify for nationals uh we do not know where the where the late where they're gonna have it at i don't think Mm -hmm. uh when we do find out i think it'll be pretty neat i've never really made it this far we've won a couple local tournaments but nothing nothing this high level you know it's it's really it's really just the overall experience i film i I got a gopro i've started a little youtube channel i film a little bit kind of getting into that a little bit so it's really just all of all an experience that i've really enjoyed doing throughout throughout this year in general that's great How, how did the team end up doing so what school do you go to uh muscle shoals high school and okay. we um the team didn't do as good as we did last year i really it, it was one of them deals you know you can't make those fish bite and i think like my dad said, some kids, they need a little confidence booster, and I guess they we couldn't get them going enough. Mm-hmm. The, COVID, the COVID stuff really messed up all our tournaments. Yeah. So normally Nathan and them, if they would have placed 18th on Thursday, they would have kept their weight over, and they would have won the whole shooting match if they would have, you know, did what they did Saturday. But they, they dropped it back to zero to give everybody another chance mm-hmm. to get in there in the top ten. So – this year, last year, Muscle Shows placed fourth. And this year, I'm going to say we were in the top 15. Uh, I really, I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't look at it after what they did Saturday. I mm-hmm. I just, we didn't keep up with it because we wasn't in the top top five. They give trophies right. to the top five. But it really wasn't a fair year for everybody because you've got to fish three tournaments to qualify for the Classic. Well, with the COVID stuff, they had to shut down so many tournaments, they let everybody back in mm-hmm. to have a chance to win. Right. And, you know, that's probably the only fair thing. I mean, you know, um, mm-hmm. this has been a jacked-up year, so we just had to deal with the cards that we got. We, yes. we messed up and went to Eufaula when they had six inches of rain down there, and we shouldn't have done it. And that really – we were going into Eufaula in second place. And when we went down there, we bombed. That was my fault. I thought you follow, it was going to get cleared up, but we got down there and the water had come up four or five feet and, you know, it throws everybody off. So, yeah. um, you know, we're yeah. looking for next year. We're losing three good seniors. Uh, we're going to miss them. Their dads were huge contributors to our team. Uh, one of them was actually the coach. The way the cards are falling now, it looks like I'm going to, Get a you're gonna be the man. You're taking. You're taking the reins. You're taking the reins. We might lose half the field when they find out I'm gonna be the coach. So well, I don't know. I mean, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what there there's there's several things in, in this conversation that that have really impressed me. You know, besides just the fact that you that you had that that bass angler and you encouraged your son to look him up and give him a call and and hats off for that. That's a good job. But you know, one thing that that I kept hearing Nathan talk about is. You know, we called our teammates to come over here. You know, we got our limit, and we said, hey, y'all come over here and get your limit. I mean, it would be so easy for you to sit there and go, well, I just caught a good fish, and we got our limit, but I ain't telling nobody yet until I call this bigger fish. Maybe I catch another four. Maybe I catch another. So there's a whole lot of unselfishness and a lot of team aspect that i heard going on there and that that's impressive that's a cool part uh, of being part of a team is actually viewing it it's so easy whether it's baseball or fishing or whatever it is it, it's really easy to get caught up in the eye part of that uh, yes yes it's, so, it's it's not me it's we and we try to i don't discourage you know you get your three fish limit i want y'all to get three fish I mean, that's my main objective. But when we get three fish, we're going to start calling around and we're going to try to make everybody get three fish. We didn't think we had a chance as far as uh, uh, in the top five, as far as weighing in fish. We were going for more of the team getting first place than the individual. I'll be honest with you. I mean, we had talked the night before. Hey, I'm going to let Nathan uh, drop his, uh, if y'all don't mind, drop his uh, contact on social media. I hate to rush this, but he's got a couple of yards he needs to finish before it. Before <laughs> That's the what I'm talking hit. about. Absolutely. And I'm going to let him drop his YouTube channel for y'all and his contact in case anybody wants to reach out. Maybe there's some younger viewers that saw that or heard this that might uh, want to ask Nathan some questions uh, that might be his age. Uh, I'm going to let him drop that, and then I'll finish up with y'all if that's okay. Man, perfect. Thank Absolutely. you. My Instagram is just Nathan Whitehead Fishing. My YouTube channel, you can just type in Nathan Whitehead Fishing as well, and uh, it should pop up. But if you need any, um, like on my YouTube channel, I should have a practice video about about Gunnersville. It might help you catch some fish. It might help you improve on your techniques. If you need any help, drop just send me a message on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, my name is just Nathan Whitehead on it just send me a message on that or on YouTube, just in the comment section and just reach out to me and just let me know. Thank Absolutely, you. man. Thank you, buddy. And you, and, and we appreciate you taking the time to jump on here. Go get that great that rain hits. We know it's coming. And good luck to let you. Me tell you. Keep doing what you're doing. He said, yes, sir. Let me tell you, we're leaving to, uh, to go to Panama City Friday. And He's actually been working. There's a company called Sea Power. It's a it's a new company in North Alabama, and and what they do, they actually they're adding these harnesses to these depth finders that clears them up. Well, he got asked to come up and and learn how to do that, and he's got a friend that he fishes with, and that's what they've been doing during the week, making these harnesses and rigging up boats. Some of the guys like Jacob Wheeler, Jason Lambert. They've come and had these harnesses put up, and he has absolutely loved it. He has got to work with all kind of different electronics. Uh, but, you know, it's like I told him. I said, that's fine, but when you get home, you've got a few duties to do too. So it's just, it. if you're going to be a man, you got to act like a man. So uh, he's, uh, he's trying to get some grass cut. But I, 
I do appreciate y'all letting him come on. And, Absolutely, uh, man. And and I'll tell you, I've got – I just want to say before we wrap this up, I've got a lot of teenage kids, and, and I'm around a lot of teenage kids to do that. And it's very rare that you get a kid that can get on and talk like he just talked. And so hats off to you uh, as a dad for getting to that point. But he's a very well-spoken young man, and, and I think his future is bright. You've done a good job. Well, I appreciate it. Like I said, he, uh, you know, he's been around with me traveling with the crappie uh, ever since he was about six years old. He's probably been on 10 or 12 covers of magazines. He's been in catalogs. He's got his own deals with Lucky Crafts, with Slider. He does all that himself. It's pretty neat. He said, Dad, do you know who uh, who runs Lucky Crafts? And I said, no. He said, it's Brett Ayler's wife. He said, I talk to her once a week. And I was like, <laughs> really? I said, you just keep doing it. You know, he tries to get the pictures. They get them to do a, a little paragraph to go with the pictures. And, you know, one of these days he might not want to do it. I didn't want to burn him out as as young as he is. But you know what? He keeps wanting it, so I'm going to keep feeding it to him. So, uh right. I'm lucky. I know one day he ain't gonna want the old man to go with him. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to he's I tell you what he's looking forward to. Uh he's looking forward to that minute tank getting put in that boat so we can go catch some smallmouth. So I'm I'm hoping in the next month or two we can talk about that maybe get some people up here to do some minnow fishing and, and try to catch some of these smallmouth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, man, that's great, great times. Next generation of fishermen. Thanks for sharing, letting him share. And and uh, we didn't talk much about what's going on in your world, but uh, we love having you on. But go ahead and tell the folks how to get in touch with you if they want to come take a fishing trip with you up on the Tennessee. No doubt. We're still doing a few crappie trips. I've got a guy that works with me. Uh, he's doing some crankbait trips. It is really getting hot, so we're only doing four-hour trips. Uh, I'm letting him take most of those. So if you're interested in doing a crappie trip, you know, four hours in the morning, come on. Uh, we'll get you fixed up. Uh, be looking for uh, some advertisement for smallmouth trips. We'll be booking them pretty soon. All live bait below the dams on some of these shell bed bluffs. It is really fun. You're going to catch 40 to 50, 60 fish a day. Uh, you can get up with me through Facebook or Instagram or, hey, the old-fashioned way, give me a call, 256-483-0834. And, guys, we want y'all to try to get up here this fall and catch some of these smallmouths. So come on. Man, we want to do that. That would be fun. Uh, we, me and Steven have to make I have never caught a smallmouth in my life. Oh, Lord. You need to do that. I've got a place you guys can stay. We'll go out, you meet Nathan, you meet some people in, in Muscle Shows. I'll carry you by where all the famous people used to do the the recording at Fame Studio. There's all kind of stuff. So yeah, That uh, sounds like a good time, man. Absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, my first fish, uh, first moment I ever caught is right there. You know, Brad, I don't know if you call. I, I grew up in Tennessee. <laughs> my, my family's from Muscle Shoals and you know, and literally the first smallmouth I ever caught was right there below Wheeler Dam, and it changed my life. It changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> I what, you know, people come from, I ask people all the time, man, they come from, you know, I had a, I had a group in here, uh, Friday the afternoon trip. I thought I was going to die. Uh, they were from Michigan, 12 people come wow. in. All we want to do is catch a small mouth. Well, I, I, we, they caught some, but I, I, 
after about two hours, they said, hey, can we get in that boat and just ride? I said, that's even better. I mean, it, 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 it's <laughs> amazing. So yeah. they were burning up. But, yeah, you guys, hey, thanks for what you do. Appreciate you letting the kids come on. And uh, like I said, maybe you guys can get up here and uh, y'all can go back and talk about a good time on, on Pickwick or Wilson Lake. Man, Absolutely. that'd be awesome, Thanks, buddy. We appreciate you, man. Always look forward to talking to you, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, bud. We'll see y'all. See ya. All right, man. That was a great segment. Always appreciate Brad being on here. And, man, just refreshing to hear a 15-year-old kid get on and talk. Yeah, man. Like that. Talk passionately about it. <laughs> yeah, you know? right? I mean, I mean, heck, I have a degree in, in public speaking, and, and, and man, he, he, he was hanging in there with the best of them. So, uh, that was awesome, that was, and that was exciting for him to experience. Yeah, experience man, that, that was so. good stuff. Well, that was great. Let's go on and uh, hit this second segment, man. We're going. Let's go to you, Fall, and talk with Clayton. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. Just like I said, enjoying my day off today, getting ready to get back after it again tomorrow. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm. Uh, have you been like the rest of the state, and have you been getting all this rain every day? We were supposed to get like 70 to 80% this whole week. And it's rained very little, uh, but it's been a little bit overcast, which is nice for a little break. Uh, but we've been really lucky on the rain situation. I had a couple people uh, change some dates around this week on trips, but I booked them right back up when the rain started doing what it's doing. And believe it or not, a little bit of rain they're calling for has been north and south of us. When it's north of us like that, they like to pull the water, which makes them fish bite a whole lot better. That's good, man. Well, are you catching fish? Yeah, we're right now on an eight-hour trip. We're averaging probably around 40 fish and catching, I mean, any 17 to 20 pounds on our best five. Uh, some days are a little better, but I like to fish offshore. I stay out deep. That's just what I like to do on Uvala. If I have some people that come down, they want to throw a frog and learn how to do all that in the pads, we'll go do that. But my main gig out there is staying out offshore fishing, you know, 15 to 25 feet deep. And for some reason, I don't know why, but we keep having daggum mayfly hatches. And if there ain't one thing that hurts that offshore bite, it's a daggum little bug with mayfly. That's right. That's crazy you say that, Clayton, because I just on the window here at the shop this week, there was one. And I looked at the, a guy that, that's a fisherman in, on, uh, on my staff as well. I was like, is that a mayfly? It's way late for that. And so, and then two days later, I saw another one. So, we're kind of seeing the same thing up here uh, farther north is there's some mayflies hatching, and it's it's July. That's crazy. <laughs> this year has been a frog fisherman's dream year. They lift the water <laughs> up a little bit, and then fish. I mean, I'm catching them out there that deep. They're green, green. I mean, so some of the ones are just getting out there, and then here we go with another hatch. <laughs> so all them guys that love to throw a frog, they're in heaven this year. That's right, man. That's right. Where are, are the fish – so is that keeping the fish from really schooling up well because they're kind of going back and forth, or are you finding some schools out deep? Yeah, uh, the best it got this year, I probably had about 80 schools offshore that I mean I was fishing and guiding on. Uh, it's probably cut in half right now just with the flies and stuff. They'll go back, and there's a bunch of big ones that are stuck in between on the shallower ledges. Uh, it's just that's what kind of hurts it. It spreads them out more instead of them all being out there or being on the bank now they're in three different places right yeah tell me from a from a guide's perspective how do you maintain those schools are you having to spend additional time on the water you know post guide trip to continue to stay on top of these fish and how they're moving around or 
or have you been able to, as a guide, establish schools of fish during a given time of the year and, and really feel pretty confident in being able to go back and get on that school day in and day out as you guide? Well, the key to me is where those schools is, is having enough places to look where, you know, you'll eventually hit one. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the clients I have, they're regulars. I mean, they know the deal. They get in the boat. It might be 30 minutes before we make a cast. But when we make a cast, I mean, we're casting two fish. We're about to catch them yeah, instead yeah, of just yeah. casting open water. But yeah. as far as going back to, like, spending time on the water, trying to relocate them and all that, man, don't get me wrong. I love catching the fish, but my favorite thing is finding them. That's, That's so I love it. So before trips, after trips, I'm out there idling. I mean, I got a brand new 2020 Phoenix, and I think I got 270 hours on that motor right now. And it's <laughs> six months old. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good, man, because, you know, I tell guys, especially young guys all the time, I, you know, I hire a lot of young guys to come work for me. And everybody who works here, they, they either an avid hunter or an avid fisherman. And I tell a lot of the young guys, it's, it's all about your ability to find fish. And are you spending more time trying to learn how to find fish or are you spending more time fishing? And it just depends on what, what your goals are. What are you trying to achieve? And I think as a as as a competitive fisherman, you really have to hone in your your ability to find fish. And so I love when I hear a guy who really understands and and it sounds like f for you, Clayton, have fallen in love with the idea of finding new fish, because most people can catch them if you can find them. Right. But not it's everybody the find can find them. The trick, and that's yeah. where I was fixing to go. And and. And look, you're you're obviously spending a lot of time. If you got eighty fish that schools of fish that you had found and located, you're spending a lot of time looking. So, for a guy like myself that wasn't a professional fisherman and that doesn't know how to find fish the way that you and Stephen do, if I'm gonna go to Ufala and I'm gonna start looking for fish, obviously I'm I'm looking for fish in in a certain depth of water. But are you looking at points and, and, and getting an island off of those points and looking at your electronics? I mean, kind of what's your thought process? How do you go about finding these schools? Yeah, kind of about where we were going back earlier. You are talking kind of about the rain and about the current. The current sets them up where you can actually find them a little easier. Like the tournament-wise, as far as the ones you win on in tournaments, those are your five and ten fish schools. Because not many people are going to find those. I mean, the schools that everybody talks about, the mega schools, where there's a 100 fish down there. I mean, Ray Charles can find those. They're easy. You know, everybody can hide across to see 100 fish sitting down there. Those five and ten fish schools are the ones you want. Those that get on kind of any kind of bend in the river channel, any kind of little nook, little hogs back, as people used to call them, where they'll sit on top of it. Or it could just be just one rock that sits out on a straight ledge to break that current. So are you saying a lot of your your current schools are the five to ten fish schools or is that really more when you're in tournament mode not in guiding mode that's more in tournament mode uh but i will take i mean i do guide on some of those mm -hmm. when we you know we want to catch people that want to catch a bigger fish i have clients that want to catch big ones i have people that, if they want to go out there and catch 43 pounders we'll go to some of the bigger schools and yeah. it kind of depends on whoever i'm taking's ability because sometimes those five or ten fish schools i mean you've got to hit one little particular place or else you're not going to get bit and I can sit in there and I can throw it in there a hundred times and I can hit it every time. But as far as somebody that's a novice that don't do it as much, it's a little bit more challenging for them. Right. So obviously recently the Bassmasters Elite Series was on Ufala and 
some of it that I watched was there was some guys catching some really good fish, some some big fish. Are you still catching a lot of big fish, or do you really have to kind of go through a lot of fish to be able to? Because you know the power of editing, you know it's it's right. easy to edit something to make it look like everybody's catching a lot of big fish. Are you catching a lot of big fish on you follow right now, or are you really having to go through a lot of just good fish to to find a, a big fish every once in a while? Both. And when the elites were here, like me and my buddy, we were talking, and I was just talking a minute ago about those fish being in between. Mm-hmm. They were catching those in between fish, and when my buddy, I mean, he owns a bait company, and you follow. He's one of the ledge guys, too, and we we communicate a lot back and forth about what's going on in the pond and all that. But they were fishing those in-between fish, and we tend to talk about it. Those fish are lost. They're aware they should not be at the moment at all. Mm-hmm. But they've been there for since February. That's what hurt. They had that coastal tournament. They ride their elite series, and they were getting out there good. Mm-hmm. But then we had another mayfly hatch. So where'd they go? Right back to that in-between stuffing on the bank. Yeah, yeah. So, what what's the biggest fish you've been able to catch on follow this year? Uh, we caught one a little over eight earlier in the year. Ufaula, I'm going to say, don't have that many, like, absolute giants, like that eight to ten pound class fish. Mm-hmm. But it's got a bunch of those four to sevens. Oh, yeah. That's, Which, that, I mean, that's a quality that's, fish in anybody's book. Oh, right. yeah, that's fun. I mean, I mean that's that, that really is a great day of catching a, a handful of, you know, really healthy, you know, three to seven pounders that's good fishing man yeah, that's great that fishing is. what are you using right now to catch the fish i mean when you do find that school and if it's that if that's that school of you know only five fish out there and you're having to pinpoint it what's your go-to right now to get them to hit about all the schools i pull up on i got a little progression of baits that i go through when i pull up on a school uh i want to try to trigger the biggest fish in that school first if not i mean you're, you're kind of behind the eight ball when I first pull up to it, I'm throwing a uh, a Jinko trimmer shad with a one ounce trimmer head on it. It's the swim bait, and then from there I'll go to a, a CD25, which is a big crank bait, then a jig, and then drop shot to clean it up. Nice, I like that. I like and that. Then move on to the next one. I'm the same way. I've gotten into the point of uh, this stage of my life fishing. I'm chunking big swim baits almost every time. I love it. I uh, I mean it is just I have so much confidence in it. And it's fun fishing to me, man, especially when you get in a school and you're, you're, you're setting the hook, you know, every other cast, man. So when you get them fired up on that trimmer shed, when they bite it, you feel that bite down your arm all the way to your toes. And <laughs> <laughs> you get them, I mean, they got it, they got it choked and I mean, they smoke it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. What size of swim bait is that? I throw a, a five and a seven inch. It depends on the size of the thread fin. The thread fin have been a little smaller this year, so I've been throwing the five a little bit more. But the key to it is that that head that they got, it's a ounce head, and it gets down there. When you get it right, it, I mean, it kind of feels like a chatterbait when you're reeling it down there, and you know, 20, 25 feet. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you, too, and you and Stephen both probably know the answer to this, but fishing that swim bait like that, how do you know what depth you're getting that to? And how do you keep it there? I mean, it's not like a, a fishing a jig or a worm where you're throwing out there and, and letting it hit the bottom. Or are you? I do. When I, I mean, I'm throwing a bit. I'm throwing an ounce head. Everybody's kind of familiar with throwing a rattle trap. Like even I'm not talking about in grass, but just going down a bank throwing a trap. Right. You don't want to just reel that trap in the open water and keep it off the bottom. I kind of call it skipping a trap. You want it to skip, hit the bottom, come up. You know, you don't want it plowing, but you want to keep it down there and skipping off the bottom. 
I want to do that same thing with that swim bait. I want it just to skip, throw a cloud of dust, and keep going. I got you. That makes sense. That answers my question. Good stuff. Is that kind of the way when you it gets do it as well, Stephen? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I usually throw it out. Unless I know that I'm getting bit a lot right at the top of the co- water column, or I'll just throw it out and just start reeling. I normally let I normally let it sink to the bottom, especially because I'm like Clayton. I throw a, a big, heavy one. You know, I'm usually always throwing at least a five-inch swim bait on a three-quarter to an ounce jig head. And I just I, I throw it out to the bottom and start reeling. And based off when I'm getting bit, your bait's only going to stay low for so long, and then it's going to begin to work its way up. Well, if you're throwing it out to the bottom and you're getting bit on the third, fourth, fifth turn of the reel, you know those fish are holding towards the, Toward bottom. the bottom. Or if you're getting bit halfway back to the boat, then you know those fish, even if you've graphed them on the bottom, then they're kind of following it back. And so you just kind of you know let it feel and see where it is. But most of the time, yeah, I'm throwing, letting it sink, and slowly reeling that thing back. Because your graphs are going to tell you where your fish are holding, right? And most of the time, especially when the current's going these fish are tucked behind current breaks and they're they're, per, they're pretty much on the bottom and you want to keep that that swim bait down as as low as possible low and slow low and slow low and slow so that's right i love it well man i appreciate you clayton and uh and it's always always a pleasure to hear from you we appreciate you calling in if somebody wants to come down there and throw one in the boat with you how they get up with you man yeah just look me up on my website lakeyouvolafishingguide.com you can find me on Facebook, Lake You Follow Fishing Guy Clayton Bats, or there you can give me a call, 334-310-8338. All right, Clayton. We appreciate it as always, buddy. Look forward to talking to you next time. Stay safe out there. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All Thanks, right, man. man. Take care. Awesome. Another good report from Clayton. We always appreciate uh, him calling in and giving us that You Follow report. And, uh, man, I always learn something, too. Yeah, You Follow has definitely been – Fishing well this year based off of our reports and obviously some of the major tournaments that have been there this year. So I'm a fan of follow. I've been able to fish down there several times and love the way it sets up. So love when we have a Ufala guy. Absolutely. Well, speaking of another place I love, and I'm kind of partial to, let's go over there to the Alabama River and talk to Joe Dunn. Joe, what's up, buddy? What's going on? Pretty good. Well, man, uh, I, I always look forward to, to hearing from you and, and, and seeing what the fish are doing on the, on the Alabama River. So, man, are we catching fish? What's going on? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, with all this rain, the water, it's not really been high. It's just been kind of full pool. But this time of year, it, it makes it, well, it makes it maybe good for the bass fishermen. It makes it kind of aggravate for us crappie fishermen because the spawn is over and then they're out that water and they got more water than they need and they kind of roam around but uh we're still catching some trolling you know fishing those tops in the sloughs you know 10 12 foot water and they're finally starting to pick up some fish you know out in the river that pattern's finally shifting more to a summertime now that water's starting to get back low and it's starting to cut the water off and and just pull you know certain times during the day where uh, they had been just pulling water around the clock. And uh, that makes it a little, little bit harder for the crop to find it after, since after the spawn. Well, and you and, brought up uh, a question that I actually had for you today that I was thinking about, you know, growing up on a river system like the Tom Bigby, like I did, there's a lot of similarities. And, you know, the, the that's the one thing I was going to ask you is, you are you spending more time – 
in the sloughs fishing or are you you know fishing that main river and stay you know in, in some of them deep spots with with a, with a lot of the timber and stuff on it all right let me say say this first you know Miller's Ferry is kind of like it uh it has a, a Jekyll and Hyde effect because <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a regular river that just runs all the time when they're pulling the water you can go out in the river and find them anywhere and find them in those places drop shotting you know with a minnow and uh and fishing those ledge tops that's on the ledge and do real good you'll pick them up when they're pulling that water all right when they quit pulling that water those fish are really hard to find because then they start roaming a little bit more but then up in the sloughs where you fishing in say 10 foot of water they'll roam in two but i go to fishing my trolling rigs then during that time and fish around the areas with that type so they won't roam as far as or, or where you can't find them like they do when they got you know anywhere from 15 to 25 foot of water to venture out in that there uh so i stick more in my sloughs especially when they're not pulling water and then i'll fish more in the river when they are pulling water and get find those tops in that you know uh 15 foot to 18 foot range and kind of jig down inside of them good stuff man and so when you're trolling right now in the sloughs and i'm trying to picture this i'm trying to picture the some of the sloughs down there but i mean i'm assuming you're in what looks to be you know from the surface it's open water but then obviously there's structure down under it i mean are you are you hunting more like drop-offs and ledges or are you hunting more are you looking for structure on your grass uh to hold the crappie Uh, all right and some of the sloughs is a little bit shallower but i still got get on that break get on that break you know where to find that structure on those breaks by uh take g's being an example you know a fish that main channel that that the ferry uses and use it uh if i get in somewhere like pine barren you know i'll get on the creek channel and then do the same thing but it's a lot more stumps in pine barren and you'll have to weave and 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 go in through those but that's where all those fish are usually at it's wherever your break is you know to to go into that deeper water and uh and if you've got some good electronics then you know they're not hard to find so Joe is is crappie fishing this time of year kind of like bass fishing it's it's a little bit of a grind and as we push towards the fall it picks back up or it crappie fishing kind of a grind from here on out until we really kind of get back into the spring do they do they turn you know, really get healthy in the fall like it like bass fishing yes it'll, it'll really pick up in the fall especially in the river uh that'll be where I'll key in them on them a lot awesome so it's really it's the shad spawn again and 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 or shad schooling but then temperatures start to drop and metabolism picks up back up and it, it gets fun again yeah it gets wide open uh but but like i said this time of year is kind of slow but you gotta you, you gotta pick more of your time of the day hot and you can't hardly stand it's best it's an early morning and a late evening bite when they really do good and they come up out of that structure when uh, you know the sun's going down that when they get come up and feed then mm-hmm. and because you, you know you can just sit in there you know th- this time of year usually and late in the evening i'll sit and look out across the slough and there's 
you see little schools of shad, you know, if they're feeding up on the top then, well, the fish going to be just up on them there somewhere, so they're going to fall in shad. Right. And that's the same thing. You get in those sloughs that you have your structure hit out and uh, fish over top and around them and do real good. So I know, again, sorry to compare everything to bass fishing, but, you know, I'm a bass fisherman. So in, in the bass world, for me at least, you know, summertime, I can usually key in on a, you know, where the spring I would throw a lot of green pumpkin, a lot of greens and browns, but summer I, I pretty much throw all red type worms uh, for bass. It, does crappie kind of, is there anything in the in the crappie world where, you know, when it gets hot and the summer is, is in, you know, a particular color of jigs that, that really crappie tend to tune in? To, or are you really uh, playing beha- you know playing moods and watercolor yes and, and it, my primary colors through that time you're still your uh shad shad or or, or green you know jig colors the uh, another one that stands out that a lot of people kind of dodge is, is hot pink <laughs> for some reason they really key in on that that time this time of year too a little hot pink actually. Little, yeah right what, are you catching some with some size to them still, or? Uh, yes, yes, doing pretty good. I had some, you know, pound and a half, some, you know, good fish, good solid good fish. Absolutely, and I know it can be, uh, this time of year can be hard just to stay on the water long enough with that heat to catch a, oh, catch yeah. a big mess sometime because it gets hot in a hurry on that water. Um, but that's good stuff. Now, do you ever this time of year is going to you know a lot of a lot of crappie fishermen? Well, I say that you know they still think about going and finding that treetop you know that comes out from the bank and and pulling up to it and and taking their jigger pole and and dropping a shiner or a jig over in it. Is that still an option early in the morning, or is that pretty much over until springtime? No, that's still an option right now, but they they need to be fishing. To do that kind of fishing, you need to be in the edge of the river somewhere. And there's sloughs where it's only, say, five, four or five foot, you know, right off the bank. That'll be, you might, but you're going to be way more productive probably doing that in the, in the river somewhere. Where you get some and bigger, where you got, deeper water. Yeah, a lot deeper water. And... You won't fish a foot deep. You'll probably fish six foot deep, you know, something like that, and uh, do a lot better. Those fish are more turned on right now uh, on through the summer than up in the sloughs in that shallow water right there. I got you. The, how's the bass doing in uh, in that area right now? You you you've been bass fishing any or? No, but my son has like with this hot keeping a full pool like we have been. Uh, he's been doing just as good up in the sloughs he has out in the edge of the river. And I look for that to, you know, start to change finally. Up until now, it's still been holding good. Uh, he's been fishing, you know, mostly throwing crankbaits to square bills right now up through that shallow water, you know, just off the edge. And then uh, fishing some boat docks, you know, stuff like that, like up in G's Bend or uh, River Bluff, he's been catching good fish on boat docks. Good stuff. Man. The old summer bo- boat dock bite. That's the Coosa. Yeah. Really good boat dock bite during the summer. So, um, well, man, I love it, dude. I love I love the reports all over the state. And, you know, summer seems, can be a grind, I think, just from because it's so hot, but still fish are still biting. And, 
you just gotta you know finagle your way through the system to figure out how to get on one and survive that's right that's right you know or do a mod get that big, some of those guys get the big umbrellas and modify them where they can stick it in the, the, the boat seat holder on your boat and uh just i got me it. one that's right you know modify that umbrella so <laughs> you need it uh, this i had the big 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 chat too the big round hat with uh and carry you uh, like one of those uh, chili towels by uh, uh, yeah. that company. Keep them soaked up and wrap that oh, around yeah. your neck and keep kind of cool. Yeah, we uh, we got tons of those. My my son plays travel baseball, and this time with the COVID, we're uh, playing later in the year than we normally do. And I bet we got fifteen of them things. Oh, like, you got to have them. Oh, man. dude, well, it's it, it, they work. It, they do. They, they do. do they, work. They're great. You know what I found that works, and it, and it, and you can use it for fishing or baseball, and either one. But we we take those towels, and and my mom, I remember started doing this when we were coming up. When I was coming up playing ball, she would take spirits of ammonia. It just come, you can get it at CVS, a drugstore, Publix, or wherever. And it's just a little. It comes in a little bottle, but you pour that spirits of ammonia into your ice water. And then put that towel in, and some uh, that ammonia, that spirits of ammonia in there evaporates. I guess it, it just makes the water feel colder uh-huh. and more refreshing. Plus, you, it, it works. You might want to try it, I'm man. Try it that. is unbelievable. Well, we got a tournament this weekend, so we might try that. So. It works. I guarantee you. Anyway, man, Joe, we appreciate you calling in, buddy. I always look forward to having you on. If if uh. Somebody wants to come down there and catch a crappie with you. What the, how do they need to contact you? Yeah, just call me here at the store, uh, 334-636-0850. Good stuff, man. Well, well, we look forward to hearing another report from you soon. And, uh, man, just keep catching them and stay safe out there. And we'll talk to you next time, brother. All right. Thank you. All right, Thanks. man. Take care. All right, man. That was another another good show there, Stephen. Man, it it was a little long, but you know the great thing is is sometimes when our guests, I got a good story to tell or a great experience to share. We we always want to let them run with it, and and you know we got a little diversity today. We Tennessee River, the Alabama River, and Lake Eufaula, which is on whatever river but because i got don't, a little crappie it, yeah, pole, some, but, bass, uh, some small mouth it is uh definitely uh been a good day and uh love it i love hearing all the fishing reports around the state absolutely man well we appreciate you guys listening and that's gonna be a wrap for this week y'all please subscribe and give us a rating and even more importantly drop a review whenever you listen to the podcast if you'd like us to email you the podcast just head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash A-F-F-R and we'll send you the show each and every week. So that is a wrap. Thanks, Stephen, man. Look forward to talking to you and seeing you next week, brother. Yeah, and don't be stingy. Tell your friends about us. Uh, absolutely. Y'all do that. Y'all right. have a great day. See you guys. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Killer Dock. Check out the full line of all-natural dock-enhancing fish cleaning stations at KillerDock.com. And also brought to you by Geico of Mobile. Give Ron Davis, your Geico agent, a call at 251-445-0053 or visit him online at Geico.com forward slash mobile dash AL. 
and brought to you by Fish Bites. Ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you do outdoors. This episode was brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344. And also brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.